This is the A Block Podcast. I'm Mandy Mitchell, sports anchor and reporter for WRL in Raleigh, North Carolina. This is a podcast for people who are just starting out in the local TV business, but it's also full of great stuff, even if you've been in the business for a while now, like I have. In this episode, I got a chance to talk to a news director. Now, we often wonder what news directors are thinking, what they're looking for when they look at reels. Well, Martha Jennings of WBIR in Knoxville, Tennessee, tells us she started her career as a producer and is now running her own newsroom. My first question, when did you know you wanted to move to a management position? Well, I had an incredible mentor at WRAL, Rick Gall. Um, that definitely showed me how much fun being a news director could be. I'm sure he would probably laugh at that. But um, it's one of those careers that I think you kind of either have it set as a goal. It doesn't. It's not really something that you stumble into because I think it does take up a, a big part of your of your life. But it's one of those things that when you see someone who's such an incredible mentor and such an incredible leader, and you think, oh, I could I could have a job of motivating people and kind of, you know, building this incredible team to cover news in, a, in an area and then dominate, you know, the viewership of that news in a particular area. That's what made me the most interested. And I think it's kind of, you know, I use the the um, analogy of, of a coach. You're kind of, con- you're constantly recruiting, especially if you're in a smaller market area. You're looking for, um, you know, the, the best people to be on your team, and then you're constantly motivating them. The only tough part is, is you do get um, your score back every day. <laughs> so that's kind of a little bit different. We don't have a whole lot of time in between games there to prepare. But it's one of those things that I just, I really like being around people and motivating them. And then just the idea that you're reaching a community in a way that is still so special to people. I think that, you know, television, whenever people see themselves on television or hear their name, it still means something. And that's what's so important about local news. And I think when you have this incredible opportunity to to build a team of people who are excited about making a difference in their community and um, covering, you know, the good and the bad in a way that, you know, our, our viewers can can stomach, I think that that's just it's an inspirational thing to be able to be part of a Team. Well, you obviously really enjoy your job, but I'm sure there are hard parts to the job that you didn't see before you took the job. So what's been sort of the hardest adjustment in getting from where you were as a producer and then moving up through the chains to now being in charge of all of it? So as a producer, you know, you start off and you're constantly kind of um, you're in charge of a much smaller team, but it's a lot of motivating. It's a lot of the same. It's trying to figure out how you can get people to get that package script in and and make it out in time for that live shot or, Hey, I really want to super open for my show. Who can I go and talk to to make that happen? So you're motivating a small group of people. When you're in charge of an entire newsroom, it is fun for you as a news director to be a motivator, but then it comes down to the hard parts when you can tell the ones that aren't necessarily getting it or don't want to be motivated or who, who are tired don't want to be there anymore. And that's really, really tough. Um, the other tough part is it was amazing to me. I always saw, you know, closed door meetings and news director's offices. And I wondered, how can that be taking so long? What on earth could they be talking about? Well, <laughs> now that I'm on the other side, a lot of it is that for whatever reason, you get to hear a lot about people's lives more than you ever thought you would. And I don't know that that's necessarily 
a bad thing, but it can be something to just keep in mind that um, there are there are certain things that you're going to want to say to your boss, and there are certain things that you're not. <laughs> and I would I, I would say that my list of the not has grown a lot more of what I would tell people to not go and talk about with the news director. But that's one of the things that I think is just uh, that's one of the things I wasn't expecting was just how much people do want to come in have that kind of one-on-one time discussing and sometimes take it to the next level of just very, you know, getting very personal. And I think that's something where um, I didn't realize that the news director position was going to be a lot of that, but you do hear um, quite a bit of that. And I've just was, it always makes me smile sometimes because I would have, I don't know, on the other side, that wouldn't have been me. But um, the other part that I think I just wasn't expecting was how fast our industry would change. I think that's, that's the, the biggest, um, part of this, I'm constantly feeling like I have to be the researcher of new trends. And thank goodness I work for an incredible company, Tegna, that does a good job of doing that for us um, and preparing us for the next big trend in the industry. But as a producer, that wasn't something I was very much head down in ENPS trying to own breaking news that day or figuring out how many reporters I could fit into my show. Now I'm having to kind of be the you know, the, the leader that's out there looking um, big picture, constantly thinking what's going to be the next thing that we try that takes our newscast to the next level. So those kind of have been the, the bigger surprises of the job and something that I've definitely had to become accustomed to. Now that you said that about change, it has changed in the last decade so much with social media and everything else. What do you see as, as really the next big thing and where is our industry going as someone who is on the front line of that? Well, we have, um, I think that the, the next big thing for our industry is going to be not sitting down and doing things the same old traditional way that we've been doing them. I think constantly people are building new sets, but they still surround this desk, <laughs> this old traditional desk that two people sit at and read things to you. Um, I think you have to make your newscast trigger an emotion within people. And too often we sit down in the 30 minutes of local news that we watch you could walk away and feel nothing. And I think that that's a huge mistake. It's, it's a story count. We've got to get the jam as much in there as we can. Oh, we're the only ones with that story. But if you told it with a 45-second VO to people at home, they still probably didn't feel anything. And that's the, that's the part that I think is having to change. We have to transform our content to be relevant to folks who are sitting down and watching news, be it four or five, you know, six, 11, 4.30 to 9 a.m., depending on how you do it. But I just think that the rehashing of headlines and sitting down and reading intro VO, intro VOSAT, intro talk to a live reporter and package, we have to shake that up. And that's what we're constantly doing in our newsroom right now. And, um, and I think the positions in the newsroom are going to change. I don't think that you're going to have just a line producer, just a digital producer, just a reporter, and just a photographer. We have long gone to a multi-skilled journalist. We're trying to really make that position sound like one that is senior in our newsroom, so we don't do MMJ, we're MSJ. And so we are, we are a newsroom of all multi-skilled journalists, and we have some anchor MSJs, but all of our anchors are learning to shoot and edit. Um, we have um, even two meteorologists who know how to shoot and edit and put packages together. Um, in addition to that, two of our sports folks can double over and do news content. Our producers are all multi-platform producers. They know how to write for the web. They know how to write for TV. And the neat part about it is that 
folks are coming out of school knowing how to do all of these things, but they're sometimes joining newsrooms that aren't thinking that way. And they're putting them into a little silo of just a line producer or just a reporter for news. And that's one of the things that we're trying to change. Um, ideally, I think five years from now, the five o'clock producer may end up actually being in the six o'clock show. The six o'clock producer may end up being in the five o'clock show. I don't think there are going to be a whole lot of people in newsrooms who are behind the scenes and not doing something um, that would showcase a story that day in a newscast in a different way. Um, and I think that we're, we're trying really hard to think, how can we do the most with nine and a half hours and 63 people in our newsroom? And that's something that is a challenge every day. But I can't tell you how rewarding it is at the end of the day to see an MSJ or multi-platform producer in their face lights up because we tried something different. You mentioned, you know, sort of the young people coming out of school and they, they know all these skills and then they go into a small newsroom that maybe is kind of old fashioned where you have the older anchors and we just kind of do things the way we do things. What is your advice for them in, in moving on and in moving up to a better newsroom and, and what should they be doing to make sure their skills stay sharp? Just because your requirement at the end of the day is just a package and a VOSOT. And maybe they have someone else that writes your web story, always write your web story. I don't, it would be strange to me to get to a newsroom where you weren't having to do that. But that's one of the things that if you're not staying fresh with writing for both platforms and posting it to your social media pages, you're going to lose that ability to multitask. And that's going to be so crucial anywhere that you go. Um, I don't know of a, of a single newsroom within our company that's not moving in that direction. Um, as an anchor, um, if you're entering, you know, as a smaller market, and you're going to be an anchor reporter, treat those reporting days, you know, twice as important as your anchoring days because the three days that you're going to spend reporting are going to be the three days that get you the next job, not what you're doing on the anchor desk, believe it or not. <laughs> and I think that that's really important that you don't get behind because of the chasing the stream to read headlines on a desk, it's your storytelling abilities that are going to help you get the next job. For producers, if you're not required to write for the web for your newsroom, still post to the web. Be that producer that challenges yourself to turn your guest segment into some sort of listicle article or, you know, find a way for the Vostat that you wrote from the press release that you were so proud of because you found the best soundbite, you were able to pull all the facts out of whoever shot the VO, go through and write the web story for that you're actually going to reach more people possibly by writing the web story and then having someone post it to the, the station's Facebook page and then constantly ask for feedback. That's one of the things that I think um, I hear the biggest complaint for people in new newsrooms is that I never get enough feedback. The news director, news director never tells me what they're, what they're thinking. Well, are you asking and are you asking in a way that's kind of, you know, not surprising the person you know, just popping in and saying, hello, let's sit down and chat for 15 minutes. Instead, send an email. I'd like to meet with you. When's a good time? Great. So you come into the office, you're prepared, and you say, listen, these are the three areas that I want to grow stronger in. And I'd like to be able to meet with you in two weeks and either go over a show or go over a few stories and really find a way to show me, am I achieving these things that I want to grow in those areas, or do I have a ways to go, and what do I need to get better at? I think that's so crucially important. I've sometimes felt like I was bothering the news director doing doing that. So you say that's a good thing for employees? Oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> if I don't like, if I don't hear that, then I assume that two things: 
they think they're doing great. And I know there's things that I need to work with them on, but they're not at the top, top of my list. So they're not going to hear from me for a few more weeks. Um, or I just think that they don't want feedback and that they, you know, they're in a position where they are, you know, and maybe sometimes people reach out to their former college professors and that's okay too. Um, but then they're not necessarily they're hearing from who they're comfortable in hearing from. They're not hearing from the person that hired them for the job that saw something in them and that wanted them to grow. If you're getting hired for your first job, no one thinks you're perfect and they're going to want to work with you to make you better. That only helps them in the end. And it's something where I think it's just, it's all about the approach and it's all about how that news director wants to be approached. I'm not someone who likes the drive-by meetings, like the pop in, hey, you got a second? Because it's never a second, and chances are, and I always love to leave the door open, but chances are I'm probably working on something that's going to help us all. <laughs> but um, that's one of the things that I always appreciate, though, to send an email, just checking in. It's been a few weeks, and then whenever you leave that first feedback session, go ahead when the news director's in there and set the next one because they'll have their calendar right there. You can say, I'd like to come back in three weeks and we can do this again. Great. And those are things that, I mean, to me, the, the producers, the MSJs who are doing that, I know that they're, they're serious about their job. And that's a good thing. That's a really good thing when they're asking for feedback. All right. My last question for you, and it's, it's an important one. When you're going and looking at resume reels, one, I guess this is a multi-part question, but how long do you actually look at them? And what is an absolute, I'm popping this out. I'm never watching this again. This person is not hired. The taser simulation. <laughs> I actually saw another one of those the other day, and I was like, wow, this trend is still happening. No, I think that the key thing that you have to do is that if you're going to put, you know, a, a minute's worth of stand-ups on there that at the beginning, or, you know, don't worry so much about how long do I have to make it. Just what is interesting to you? Have someone else watch it, not a family member not a friend, someone who's going to be brutally honest and say, I'm bored now. And typically that happens around the 30-second mark, especially if you think that the mic flag from your internship or the, the, your surroundings or how great you look is what the news director is looking for. They're not. They're looking for you to be creative. They're looking to see something different than what they have. It's not, oh, I nailed that live shot. It's, oh, I moved the camera around three times as an MSJ in that stand-up and made it interesting. And that's what I'm looking for because I have plenty of people who can, you know, look into a camera and execute two sentences as well. I don't have enough people who can, who can actually get creative and do things with their shot. And so let's say you're not the best with um, the photography part of it. Edit something into the video. Um, find some way for you to be able to shoot it wide or be able to shoot it when you're off center and put some graphics on the screen that you can do in Photoshop or any of the editing softwares that are out there right now. Do something that catches the news director's attention and sets yourself apart. And then don't worry so much about that hard news and then your feature story. In many cases, your best storytelling is what you need to put first. I think that's really, really important. Um, the other thing that I would say, if you're, if you're putting yourself out there on YouTube and it's your first job, go ahead and put MMJ, real. Don't put reporter anchor real. I think that that's one of the things. And, you know, a lot of people have the chance to do internships where they're sitting on the anchor desk and they think that that looks really good. 
if someone's hiring for an MMJ position, I don't need to see that they're going to be anchoring. Um, I think that I, I want to see the most in that minute of them out in the field doing their best. And then the best example of storytelling they have. And if that's their feature story, that's fine with me. I think that for, I want to, I want to feel something in that story. And if what I'm seeing is a bunch of, you know, canned interviews, the typical package of how you know how to cover a hard news story, that to me isn't nearly as impressive as a good, a good feature. Thanks so much to Martha Jennings of WBIR for joining us on this podcast and giving us so much great information. Go right now, send your news director an email and set up that time to get feedback because you know you've been looking for it and that's the only way you're going to get better in this business. Remember to check out the blog, ablockblog.com. This has been the A Block Podcast. I'm Mandy Mitchell.